Coming up, we talk about cemeteries and get a visit from the ghost of Rodney Dangerfield. How'd we get that booking? We talk about golf courses. They're not just for elitist assholes anymore, apparently. We talk about the Buddy Holly story. And I get to say Bildungsroman again when we talk to pretty lady female comic Jen Kirkman. Who shares her thoughts on stand-up comedy classes, going from mocking Kardashians to writing sitcoms, and the allure of Tyra Banks' forehead. That's not a forehead. That's a five head. So tune in to see how long it takes Jen Kirkman to block us on Twitter on the Shaky Town Radio app. Shaky Town Radio Hour is on the air. I'm Gene George. I'm Brody Foster Hubbard. And uh, sitting down with us today uh, is a uh, is comedian, writer, uh, a performer, uh, Jen Kirkman. Hi, thanks for having me. Thank you. Thanks for, for being here. Awesome. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think of the first time. The first time I think I saw you, I didn't realize I didn't realize it was you, but I thought it was funny. See, I leaned back in my seat. Uh, you can't instinct. see on the radio, but I just I want to get comfortable. And I, I I feel like I, I lean back. Well, it, it's voice. your house. I know. I should I should get comfortable. You should get comfortable. <laughs> um, is uh, I think it was Operation Kitten Calendar. So oh, like Channel 101 or Acceptable TV. Yeah, yeah, that was Acceptable TV. Um, and I didn't realize it was you until like a long time after that. Like, it was when I was posting on a special thing.com. Uh huh. And um, I don't know how it came up. Maybe there was a Channel 101 or maybe it was an Acceptable TV thread or something. But I was like, oh, yeah, that's Jen. <laughs> that's so weird. So you had seen me live and then saw that thing? I, yeah, yeah. I'd seen you I'd seen you live and seen you around town. And, and then I saw that clip from Acceptable, Acceptable TV and I was like, oh, yeah, I thought she was funny then too. <laughs> I guess my acting was so good that you didn't know it was me. It that's was. how I'm going to take out of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah just, just disappeared into the role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, um. I'm trying to think of an actor who does that. Philip Seymour Hoffman. There you go. Just does he disappear into the role? I guess that's the reason I can't think of any actors that do that, because they disappear into the role. They I don't. Their name. I think, you know, everyone who says actors disappear into the roles, they don't. There's I some think. that do, like a Gary Oldman, maybe. I was thinking him. Christian Bale, maybe. I don't have I not seen getting, enough of his stuff. I think he's getting more distinct, though. Like, you know, I think in his earlier work. Because, like, the machinist, and you drop, like, 80 pounds or right. a ridiculous oh. amount of weight. Yeah, if you can gain and lose weight, you can do it. But De Niro gained and lost weight, and I don't think he necessarily... He's always kind of him, yeah, he's baseline. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah. we need this guy that kind of talks like Robert De Niro. It looks a little <laughs> bit like Robert De Niro. He just appears into that role. <laughs> I have to say, everyone should go to... I don't know why I'm doing this. I'm not <laughs> getting paid for this, but I was so happy that all the um, acceptable TV sketches are now on VH1.com. Like, when I was on the show, they wouldn't let us... Like, there wasn't... We had our own website, and then it went away, and now they all oh, live yeah. there. So the Kin Calendar um, sketch or mini episodes or whatever, I think is I didn't write it. That's why I feel like I can brag about it. I just thought it was so funny. I think it's you like should it's brag such a great reality show spoof. Yeah, it's totally. And well, that was the thing is because I mean I think Project Runway and and um, and America's Next Top Model had only been out for a couple of seasons at that point. Excuse me, I watched Top Model Cycles, not seasons. yeah, Cycles, and yeah, but and this I think is more net, of a Brody. this is more of an Apprentice spoof. Although when I was there, you couldn't really say it was like somehow insulting to say to everyone like what you thought it was directly spoofing, even though it was blatantly an Apprentice. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, no, I'm just saying those those shows had been. I never watched The Apprentice. I, oh. I watched Project Runway and America's Next Top Model. 
Because um, you fag? Because <laughs> I'm a gay man. No. Because my wife's a gay man. I'm just kidding about the F word. Okay. That's why I said in goofy We're voice. No, I know, but to the audience. He's like, why yeah, is no, she I, coming out homophobic? You know what? I think we've been over this territory. Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> no, I'll have to go back and listen to it yeah. once. Actually, Bro- actually, I actually don't use that word at all. Actually, Bro- Brody and I, uh, we got into, we didn't get an argument, but we, we had back, one of our first back and forths on the interwebs was about uh, the use of the uh, F word. On. I think. Yeah, I think so. It was, like, maybe it was a, you know what? Because I think it was the comedy and everything else. Though. Jimmy Dore and Jimmy Pardo just went at it about that on Never Not Fine recently. Oh, see, I'm, I'm like not twenty minutes. Totally, I'm no totally. Maybe, maybe because that was the really early on in the comedy and everything else world. Yeah, yeah. they're they're uh, they were talking about it anyway. Who, and, I was but, kidding, but, but, but you watch those shows. My wife watches those shows, and then I got well. Actually, I hate America's Next Top Model. Um, I like Project Runway mm-hmm. because it's one of the first shows that I I saw that people had a demonstrative, you know, demonstrable skill. Yeah. And they were given challenges and had to, you know, it wasn't just like, you need to t- smize or turn your head the right way. It's like, what? No. Well, Smizing is a skill, though. I love that you know the word <sighs> smiling. Smiling with your eyes. I hate tiger bite. Oh, see, I don't like, I think she's like kind of a bad person. And I, I had a friend that worked for her <laughs> and she gave everybody $15 iTunes gift cards for Christmas for her staff. And she's, like, notoriously, like, cheap and just, you know, a, another friend of mine wrote on Top Model and was part of this strike and she mm-hmm. left and whatever. Oh, right. So this right. woman's making billions of dollars right. and her writers don't have health insurance and all that kind of stuff. But I do think, when I used to work on Chelsea lately, I would get so, like, unable to participate if we were writing any jokes about her looks because mm-hmm. I'm like, I think she's beautiful. She got a five I head. like her big forehead. She got a five head. I think that's a sign of beauty. I think it looks yeah. incredible. She looks like an alien, like in a good way. She does look like an alien. I know. I, I don't. I don't think. I think you know. Ad hominem attacks on people's looks. No. That I mean, whatever you think, what she what she looks like, what she looks like. But, but I just she comes across as somebody I would not want to spend. You know. A, t- a time oh. sitting next to you on a, on a cross country flight. No, she's. <laughs> I, you know, I met her. I was a barista. At Borders Books and Music. Yes. You don't even have the look of the barista about you. I was, uh, back then I had no beard, short hair, living in Phoenix. This was like year 2000. Um, The future. Yes. (laughs) And she ordered a chai tea. Uh Perfectly nice. I I didn't even know it was her until after she was gone. And everyone's mm. like, dude, you just gave Chelsea. You didn't know it was Tyra Tyra Banks? Banks? Well, this was pre-top model. Oh, Oh, yeah. So why would you... There's so. a lot of calories in that. Yeah. She's just like us. <laughs> <laughs> well, as far as we know, she threw it up in the back alley after. I think she probably over what she eats at this point. Tell me to watch Top Chef. I'm like, I'm sure it's great. Just like, I can't. but I'm not interested in food. I'm not like a food. I like eating. I am, it. and I can't watch it. Well, I like eating it, but I don't know how things are made. I'm not a cook. I'm, I'm not a. Cook. a oh, okay. Yeah. So that would make you crazy. Yeah. So it makes me crazy on the opposite end. Totally. I like Top Chef from. The, are we on? Are we back on? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Good. Um, I didn't want to waste that nugget. I, <laughs> <laughs> Gene cooks. Everybody he cooks. I do. I cook. I have a nice callus. Ooh. That's a callus from my neck. Ooh. But I, I've worked oh, on the... chop a lot of stuff and see. Uh, Br- brutal. Yeah. Hardcore, dude. You can't see it. Do you have a website? <laughs> uh, for this? Mm-hmm. For, my, for my knife callus? No. Jeans, no. You should take a behind-the-scenes picture and put it yeah, on I should, your I should. Okay, here we go. 
he's on right now. I'll do it. I've worked on a lot of reality shows. Top Chef was one of them, and being in the process behind it, I can see it's a lot more honest Mm -hmm. and actually portraying like what's going on to some extent. No, and I don't have a problem. You know what? Um, I watched I watched Gordon Ramsay's S Word on BBC America. Um, I can't watch his stuff that he does for the U.S. market because it's totally amped up for the U.S. Yeah. It's, it's totally like crazy bread and circuses, reality TV bullshit, and I can't handle it. I mean, F word is, he's a dick, but Mm -hmm. he's the level of dick that, you know, um, you know, a chef de cuisine in a kitchen would actually be. Is that the same as Kitchen Nightmares? No. Kitchen Nightmares is. What's the BBC Kitchen Nightmares? Kitchen Nightmares. Oh, okay. But F word's different. F word is like a magazine show, and it's part like he has he he puts together like a kitchen brigade of like I don't know like firemen or something, and they'll all cook. And then after this, like at the end of the season, the best brigade comes back. But the 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 premise of the reality part is they they cook a dish, and there's like fifty tables or whatever, Uh and each of the patrons at the tables says yes or no to the dish, and if it's good. They would have all paid for the dish, and if it's not, then they would have, you know wouldn't have paid for the. They don't pay. They don't pay if they don't like it. Right. So the team with the best ratio of starter, main, and dessert that, that everyone would pay for, like goes on to compete at the finale. I don't think there's like a big prize. I think it's just bragging rights. And then the rest of it is like food stuff, like going. He raises like pigs or something, and and you know goes to the farm and. Oh, that's kind of cool. I love, I'm a vegetarian. I will sometimes dabble in fish. He's vegan. Oh, okay. I tried vegan for a month. I had a very hard time with it. It's it's very hard lifestyle to do, like, if you're... Yeah, I mean, for me, giving up meat took a lot more effort. Like, I had a lot more fault starts than it did to give up dairy. But I know some people are way into cheese or whatever. Yeah, I'm a super cheese person. Meat was easy to give up. I did it when I was so young that I'd never been to, like, a nice restaurant and had, like, a good steak. Like, there was nothing to give up. I was 13, so I was like, I don't even... McDonald's is not super Exactly. It doesn't dawn on me that meat is even out there. And when people are like, oh, you're coming over for dinner or we're going out, like, oh, you're a vegetarian. Like, they're really thinking about it. And I'm like, wherever I go, I just eat everything but the meat. And I'm not, like... You know, I get protein, plenty of it. It's fine. But anyway, the I've always loved on the Gord, any Gordon Ramsay show where he's just, like, so mad when people don't eat meat. He's, like, yeah. so upset about it. But I totally get that from a food person's perspective. Like, <laughs> no, I, you're, you're canceling out an entire part of, like, what, you know. Well, I think, I mean, as, you know, as, as, a, as a meat, the, I guess the only meat eater here, um, uh, I, don't, I don't care. I really don't have a, I mean... I'll tell you, you know, you're missing. Well, you're out. not an irrational narcissist no, I, with no, seventeen television shows, and, and, I, and, and, and I find it to be easy to cook vegetarian or vegan sides. I mean, most vegetables, if you're cooking them right, are that you don't need to put you know lashings of bacon in your. Food. Well, that's what makes me mad. Is there's this like whole thing now where like. You put like ham and mashed potatoes, and it doesn't. It doesn't say it on menus. There's like yeah, a yeah, fancy yeah, place yeah, yeah. that I went for like an office Christmas party once, and they're like, "Let's get a ton of sides of mac and cheese for Jen." It was mac and cheese, and, not and, not mashed and potatoes. And mac and yeah, and it comes. And I'm like, "There's ham in this," and everyone was like, "Of course there is." I'm like, that's a new thing. Yeah, or a fancy no, it's, thing. It's it's not new, but it's but it's that comfort food thing. That like kind of like comfort food with a, uh, well, it's sl- like, you know, yeah. Turning Upscale in, comfort food. Turning it into like a, a, a one dish meal. Kind of mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, that's that's the thing. I mean, I've put ham and mac and cheese before, but I've also cooked it without. But butter too. 
restaurants with butter in everything. Oh yeah. You know that's the thing. Is that would like, kill the vegan unless it's right. strictly it vegan. Kill you, but or, you know, won't kill you emotionally. Yeah, <laughs> kill my soul. Right, right. Morally. You know, my fir- my first Thanksgiving as a vegan, um, I went to we gather at my sister's because she has seven kids and it makes most sense You're not to going be there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I don't get why she can't come here. Okay. <laughs> and she, they have off switches, right? <laughs> My, my folks are like, well, you can eat spaghetti. We'll make spaghetti for you. And they're like, okay, okay that's cool. And, uh, you know, and the, there was, like, meat sauce. And I'm like, well, there's meat in the sauce? They're like, well, yeah. Okay, that's, that's not, not a that's not going to work. That's meat. That's Isn't that weird, people? Yeah. It's, like, just no meat. Like, it's not that. Right. And they're making it more difficult. Totally better since then. But mm-hmm. yeah, it was very hard for butters, them to adjust. Butters, butters, hard to do without in the in the kitchen. I I have to say, butter. I mean, if you're if mm-hmm. you're if you're cooking and if you had any like, what about like earth balanced soy butter? Say, That's yeah. my favorite. <laughs> uh, but I tend not to buy things that aren't actual things. You know, I mean, I, oh, I, I see what you're to, saying. I I tend to use butter and, and I use butter butter and, and it's like the way your grandmother yeah, would shop. Yeah, totally, kind of, totally. Kind of I, I I tend mentality. to cook very like yeah like basics. Um, Depending on what you're doing. But, like, olive oil substitutes fine for just about anything. Yeah, yeah. But there's some things, yeah. like, you're cooking, like, you know, fairly classic dishes. Like, Brussels sprouts, like, Brussels sprouts and garlic and roasted under the broiler doesn't quite taste the same if you don't throw a lump of butter in the end of it. Tastes good, but it doesn't quite, you know, there's a, there's a richness that olive oil doesn't have. Yeah, it doesn't bring out. It's but funny, it's when fine. I went vegan, I gained fine. weight. I was like, why am I a fat vegan? Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Because you have to eat, like, it just, for me, it changed the times. It just changed a lot of the chemistry of, like, how I was eating. And then I would just, like, get lazy at night and be like, I'm going to real food daily. And that's just, like, (laughs) a ton of heavy, heavy stuff. And if you're eating, like, nut-based cheese, that's way fat. fat. Yeah. Yeah. And also not working out and just sitting and writing on days. Right. Right. Also part of it. <laughs> because I think most, Let's be vegan, honest here. most vegans I picture are, are skinny, not just because of their veganism, right. but they usually, it usually means you're kind of granola Maybe you're right. into like moving you're your recumbent, body. You're a recumbent bicycle. Yeah, like you might bike instead of drive. You might have other things that make you, but. Shaking your fist angrily at people. <laughs> a lot of, yeah, that's, that's, that burns some carbs. A lot of seething. Combing your beard. Right, right. <laughs> Combing your beard. That helps. Dreading your hair out. <laughs> could you uh, imagine me with dreads? I try yes. not to. Really? I could. Uh, would you do Would you do dreads? No, I'm actually about to get this all cut off. Why? Well, not all of it, but... How, what are we going to do? Well, I have a family wedding in New York. Actually, by the time the audience hears this podcast, I'll have come back from my very first trip to New York. Really? And, uh, never yeah, been? never been. What? Never been to the East Coast. I've been to New what? Orleans, but yeah, yeah. You've been on the other side of the Mississippi. I've been, yeah. Wait, this is so cool. So where's the wedding? New York City or New York State? It's actually uh, Long Island, but we're going to okay. go the, the first, we're going to go several days before to explore, because my wife Man. has spent a lot of time there, and so she has all the vegan places to show me. Oh, you're going to have a ball. The, yeah. yeah it's, it's There's crazy. great vegan restaurants in yeah. New York City. I mean, I guess in any city there are, but... But oh, yeah, it's so much fun. Yeah, I mean, see, and then all the touristy It's going to be very humid there. That's what <laughs> I hear. I heard that I should just be prepared to walk outside and be drenched You better sweat. Cut, cut we, that here. Last yeah. time we were in New York, we walked back from dinner. Um, 
I don't know. We've I probably, we probably walked like thirty blocks back to the hotel from dinner, and I was wearing like a full on like velvet jacket. And, <laughs> like, it was, I don't think I had a tie on. I might have had a tie on. I was drenched. Oh we'll yeah. Take a walk. We'll walk off dinner. It'll be great. It's you know it's Manhattan. Boo. I was just in Paris, which I think is the same thing. Like humidity. Yeah, I think it's on the same. Yeah. yeah, yeah and it was right. like a hundred degrees every day, and then like probably 100% humidity saturation. And my husband was walking around with this, like, polyester shirt on. I'm like, you're going to die in yeah, yeah, five yeah. minutes. But yeah. Or, it's, or if, he's, if it's tucked in, it'll fill up like a water balloon. <laughs> <laughs> he's not that bad. I don't think he would tuck it in. Or maybe he didn't. No, he didn't. But <laughs> what do you to think about? I think we went, like, two hours walking around, and then we're like, yeah, it's time to go back to the hotel and change again. Yeah. yeah. I totally, I was literally, like, I looked like, I looked like someone had taken... Yeah, a, a dude off the street in his suit and locked in in like a <laughs> southern like, chain gang like uh, hot box for like why were you wearing velvet in the warm weather anyway because I, I, I had like three nice suits at the time oh, okay. actually one of the reasons we were going to New York is to, to buy suits that makes sense yeah. get on a plane yeah well twelve hundred dollars round trip well <laughs> rest of it I, I am not a small I'm not a small man and the flagship store for Rochester big and tall is there no, they're, they're not a sponsor <laughs> maybe someday yeah. uh yeah so they have but they have like a ton of, I mean like the one here that I shop in Beverly Hills is like the size of my house it's tiny and the one there is like you know at like a target <laughs> right 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 it's gigantic this when I first moved here I lived with these hippies in Los Feliz I didn't know who they were I answered an ad on Craigslist and I was living with like a, <laughs> I didn't know back then that well, you know, it was 2002, so I don't know if, like, Craigslist was skeezy back then or if it wasn't yet and I just didn't know. Right. I thought it was this, like, amazing community thing. I can't remember a time when Craigslist wasn't vaguely scary. Yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't, like, the best choice. I mean, actually, they turned out to be... Right. You're not, not, you're not dead. They or... weren't trying to, like... Well, they were They were actually pretty creepy, but it was, it was a nice <laughs> place. But I lived with a couple, and they obviously shared a room and stuff, and they were just... Just weird hippies. And, and my friend um, would come over and he'd be like, that guy you live with is wearing corduroy jackets in the summer. And people who don't know temperature and fabric are so... Like, in his mind, it was like, you know, when you kill an animal when you're little, you'll probably grow up to be a murderer. Right, like, right, right. In his mind, like, that's a sociopathic yeah. quality. Like, I just wear corduroy in the summer and it doesn't affect me. He's like, you're going to get murdered. You're going to get out yeah, of there. Yeah, something was wrong. That's a, that's a, a red so Maybe flag. somebody was thinking that about you and you're like, no, I just don't have any no, it was, nice it jackets was, But that's the thing is, is it would have been fine if we had taken a cab there, mm-hmm. had our dinner in the air-conditioned restaurant, gotten in the cab and cabbed it back to the hotel. It would have been perfectly fine. Right, right. But like 32 blocks... Of you know, <laughs> thirty-two blocks. Know. A lot. It, it, it was pretty. I, I have to figure out. I have to ask Tish where we ate because I can't remember. But it was pretty damn far from the hotel. Yeah. yeah. Um. So it's gonna be humid. You're gonna enjoy that. Yeah. I'm looking. Not as humid as where I'm going because I'm going. I'm going to New Orleans next week. Nice. Yeah. How about the economy? Take yeah, just AK? me. Just me. <laughs> <laughs> um, they have a trade show there. That I go to every year with a friend of mine. Nice. Um, uh, who has uh, Pete, Pete Johnson of Tatuani Cigars, and I will plug that if anybody cares. Um, he's got a boutique cigar label that he's been running for going on 10 years, and so we help out with that. You take the wife and baby? No. That's kind of a doodly thing. Usually yeah, it's in it. Vegas. Usually it's in Vegas, and it's us. Yeah! Smoking, smoking cigars, <laughs> drinking expensive wine. 
You yeah. can wear Vegas nice. too recently. I know you did Paris, but didn't you also do a Vegas trip? I did. I actually went to Vegas three times in three months this year. It's very un, un my style. Yeah. But I kind of have a good time when I'm there. Cool. I, I, I grew up in Vegas. I mean, oh, okay. My, my, my hometown is L.A., but I consider Vegas my second hometown. I went to more high school in Vegas than I did in L.A. I haven't seen a lot of Vegas outside the Strip. Right. Um, it's like anywhere else. Yeah, that's what I assume. But, yeah. yeah, no, my parents are, like, big. They're, I don't mean big gamblers, like, wasting a lot of money, but they're... Um, they're into slot machines, and they yeah. go to Foxwoods Casino every weekend. <laughs> and then now it's just gotten to the point where they go every weekend, and whatever um, concert is playing that Friday and Saturday night, my mom gets free tickets because she's in the High oh, Rollers the, Club, the comps, and yeah. she just goes to everything. She'll she'll go to like cheap tricks. She goes yes, she's gone to Beyonce, and then she'll go <laughs> see like Cindy Lauper and the B fifty twos, and then she'll go see like a uh, uh, some loud band. I don't even know, but I would I wouldn't <laughs> do that. My mom is seventy three, goes by herself because my dad. Doesn't know any music. He didn't right. even know who, like, I think, like, it wasn't Bill Haley in the Comets, but something that he should know because it's from right, his right, time. Something that's like, yeah. And he's like, what's this loud music? And my mom was like, this is our music, you idiot. <laughs> so he was just like, I don't like this. So he leaves. But my mom will send me, I want to, like, compile them. And, I, of course, I've deleted them all. And I want to get her to rewrite them. But, like, <laughs> she will send me reviews every Sunday. Like, so Beyonce was... And I don't know what her problem is. She came out all militant, like trying to prove something. And I, <laughs> I like her more subtle stuff. On the oh no, Alicia Keys. That's what I Alicia like. Keys. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't even know the difference between militant Alicia Keys and subtle. And my 73 year old mom, like, good for her. So the nuances. So they go. To, the nuances. They go to Vegas every February for like 10 days, and they come to see me for like a that's day. That's a trip. Yeah. So this year I was like. Screw it! I'm gonna meet them in Vegas. Like I used to be really judgmental of their gambling, and now I'm like, whatever. It's what they like to do. So, I met them out there. We went to see Elvis Cirque du Soleil, which was fun. And then my dad and I just stayed up and sat at a slot machine next to each other until like five in the morning. Getting free free drinks. Yeah. I haven't uh, downloaded your podcast. I'm going to add it to my rotation. I have so many I listen to, and I'm dude. I have a hard time. I'm backed up. I, I listened to Paul's last night. Literally, he posted it on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I downloaded it on my iPhone, and it was midnight. And I'm like, I gotta get some sleep. And I listened to it, and uh, like 1:30 in the morning, I was like writing an iTunes review. Uh, <laughs> I had never seen his uh, Google transcripts. I haven't. Oh my god! At his oh. show, <laughs> I I was like. I never, like, laugh out loud without, like, having to pause something because I'm laughing. And I asked him, I'm like, is that, did you exaggerate that at all? And he was like, no. Dude, well, here's the thing about the Google transcripts. When Google Voice first came out, I picked this number, and I was like, I'm going to use this. This It's going to be awesome. And, like, literally a week later, not even a week later, like three days later, the Jonas Brothers announced their fan call-in line, (gasps) and it's like, two numbers transposed from mine. So my Google voice gets all these teeny boppers who can't dial the phone correctly. (laughs) And the transcripts, well, first off, so I'm angry. I'm like, I have this number. I can use it. It's going to take all my calls and centralize. It's going to be awesome. Right. I come in like Monday, (laughs) no calls. Tuesday, no calls. Wednesday, 200 calls. (gasps) I'm like, what the fuck's going on? That's a lot of people making that same mistake. But it's literally like, I, I don't even, it's like, whatever, uh, you know, 8649 and it's 8694. Right, right. It's just something completely lame. And 
But the transcripts are, they're, they're phenomenal. But I was so, I, I thought about, because I thought about doing what Paul's going to do with it, because the transcripts are so ridiculous, at least tell people about it. But I was so angry about it, the Jonas Brothers thing. Yeah. I, I was so focused on the, like, how do I keep, how do I keep these kids He's stupid, and I was like this old man all of a sudden, like damn kids ruining my Google yeah. Voice you're like my Jonas dad Brothers. with Bill Haley in the comments. Yeah, um, but no, that's funny. It's brilliant. It's you brilliant. should like put it on a website or something. I thought about it. I thought, the, but just it's but, really just a gift that's come to you. But most of the but most of the calls are kind of like I'm I'm doubly embarrassed because <laughs> one they're calling the Jonas Brothers and their kids, and we've all been there. Mm-hmm. And it's stupid. Mm-hmm. And two, they dialed the wrong friggin' number. They're, you know, not so even... do they not even hear your outgoing message? Does that make any I've sense? I've put a like, bunch of different outgoing messages on there. No. That doesn't even dawn on them. These like, are, like I said... There's no Gene the, George and the, the Jonas Brothers. The bar... <laughs> and people have given me awesome suggestions, like, um, you know, in this time of our you know, bereavement, uh, we ask that donations for uh, Joe <laughs> Jonas's funeral. Uh, <gasps> in lieu of flowers. <laughs> you know, oh, that would be great. Send, send, <laughs> send a TV autoerotic asphyxiation. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, or whatever. When you mentioned autoerotic asphyxiation, it just reminded me of something that, like, years ago, <laughs> Zach Galifianakis told me this really funny thing. That he was talking to this really dumb girl at the, I think it was at the, we were all at the improv and he was talking about he'd met a really dumb girl. And I don't know if it was that night or another time. <clears throat> I didn't meet her. But he was talking about autoerotic asphyxiation with someone and she was there and she's like, wait, what is that? He <laughs> fucked a car? <laughs> In the garage while it's running. Every time I hear that word, I think of that girl's oh, voice. Oh, man. Ugh. He probably made that up too, but. That's all right. It's a good, it's, it's a it's, good joke. Yeah. Either way, it's, it's a great good. anecdote, and it's a good joke. And it's a good joke. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, Vegas, yeah, went there a million times this year. Kind of had a good time. So where'd you? So you were saying the the, the yeah because well, what were you playing? Quarter slots. Mm, yeah. Quarter. Well, quarters, what dimes, nickels. Um, the one I'm talking about that I thought was a little slow is the MGM Grand. But my mom took me into the Players Club room. And that service is a little yeah, faster. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Basically, if you're playing, I mean, but I can't, I can't live yeah, that no. way. No, it's too that's, expensive. That's crazy yeah. times. Um, yeah, I mean, it, if you're if you're playing quarter slots in most places, you're not going to get served. Well, I think they were mad at me too because they I ordered a champagne and they brought it to me in like an orange juice glass, and I'm like, can I have a champagne flute? And they're like, <laughs> well, we only have these, and I'm like, well, that's half the fun of drinking champagne is the tall skinny glass. Like, I can't drink this, and they were like. Oh boy! So they went, and I think they were just like, "We hate her." But I wasn't being snobby. Were you I'm tipping? Like, oh yeah, let's yeah. give two bucks. Yeah, yeah. That's not bad, right? No, no. For a free drink? No, they work hard. Oh, I mean, drink, right? Yeah, that's whatever. how I've always. Been. Usually, I mean, I just, it depends on what you're playing too. You know, I was at comedy. Is was it comedy is dead at the uh, Hollywood Cemetery. Forever Cemetery? Yeah, yeah. The, that's a great show. It is, but it's, they charge like five bucks for a bottle of beer, and it's like. Do I need to tip then? Because they're just reaching and grabbing a bottle. It's if there's a tip bucket. Yeah. They're charging now for drinks? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like five bucks for beer. I don't know you how know much what you, wine. Well, do they have a liquor license? You should have been like, hey, these are five bucks a bottle. <laughs> but I wonder how much the slime from the You know, uh, Natasha and Duncan are very good friends of mine, but I must say that $5 is a little steep. For a beer, yeah. Like a bottle. I want to talk to them. I haven't been since the last time I went. It was free. Yeah. Or maybe it was free because I was performing. Maybe it never was. <laughs> That's probably what Okay, okay. <laughs> I don't know. Let's, let's start a brew ha <laughs> Brew, B-R-E-W. You know, Morrissey of the Smiths 
<laughs> and That's now okay. Morrissey. Morrissey comes up. Rollins comes up. Every show, I think, at least once a show. Oh, I, was, I thought you meant no, no, that no, I no. was going to bring up Rollins. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm Rollins. saying it's, it's fine. We're, we're, you're, you're amongst Um people. Morrissey <laughs> wants to be buried at the Hollywood Forever Cemetery. I read a little, like, L.A.-based magazine interview that he did. Oh, cool. Because he's super into, the, like, that the Ramones are there, and there's, right. like, pictures of him posed with... All the good Ramones. With the, yeah, well, actually, not all the Ramones are there. Who's jo- Joey? Johnny Ramone's there. Johnny Ramone, yeah. not Joey. No, I think Joey's in... Johnny has a huge... Yeah. Huge gravestone. Yeah. Like, statue, like, We did some crazy. of our... Uh, my wife and I did some of our engagement photos in front of that. <laughs> we snuck in. And oh, that's so great. Our photographer, our photographer was really cool, and she was like, yeah, I don't have permission to be here, but whatever. And this is Epitaph, I'd Rather Be Sedated. <laughs> oh, that would be great. Wait, do you need to get permission to go into that cemetery and walk around? To take photos there. Oh. But how would anyone know? You would... Oh, they didn't. They didn't catch us. They don't have, like, a security <laughs> camera or something? I mean, they probably have... I know they have security on the grounds and stuff. Right, right. But yeah, no, like, technically, legally, yeah, you're supposed to pay a licensing fee to take photos there. I know this is boring, but I can't help but think, like, <laughs> a cemetery like that that's so famous and, like, do they have, like, reserved areas? I don't mean, like, if someone buys it and reserves it. But before anyone does that, like, how many more spots can they fill there? So you know what I mean? Hey, listeners, quick note. The mics went out. We had started talking about the Westwood Village Memorial Park Cemetery in Los Angeles and how Rodney Dangerfield is buried there with a headstone that says, <laughs> There goes the neighborhood. Here's where that conversation picked up. It's cute. So it's, it's de- decomposing slobs versus snobs. Exactly. <laughs> if it would have been awesome if he was buried next to Ted Knight. Oh my god, it would have been great. It would have been great. They are remaking Caddyshack, I heard. Oh yeah? Makes me want to kill myself. It doesn't, you know, that's... I think I just burned out a lot of my anger for that kind of stuff. And it just gives me this, like... It makes my spine feel weak. You know, I just, like... My (laughs) shoulders slump. I'm just kind of like... Okay. Yeah. I'm just kind of like... Go ahead. What do you... what? Okay, remake Caddyshack. You know, I've never felt that way about a movie. I'm like, who cares? Gonna... Do it. But with Caddyshack, I'm like, I, oh no, I, I but that one. Everything I is just kind of well. I mean, it's just heaping on. They'll remake Animal House too, and it'll just. <laughs> but yeah, I just kind of fade. I just kind of like, well, I hope someone I know gets some work out of it. Right. <laughs> you know, like, well, I've been trying for like years, and it, and it's probably because. I'm a not a established like show creator, but I've been trying to for years. Anytime anyone's like, "Oh, let's have a general meeting. What are you all about?" Like all that kind of right. network stuff that comedians get dragged into, and then nothing happens. Is um, <laughs> I you know my dad was a greenskeeper and is or whatever, and I li- grew up on a golf course, and so like I've always been wanted to sell a show that took place on a golf course, and. I guess I won't give away what the, my specific take on it would be right. in my thing, so no one. But you're going to pitch it like it's Caddyshack meets blank. But I mean, it's kind of like <laughs> Cheers-ish Caddyshack, yeah, yeah, yeah. and and it was like the every network Google was too elitist; nobody can relate to a golf club. And I'm like, no, this golf club wasn't fancy; it was like a working yes, class there's, golf there's club. City go- Have you been? Oh, okay, you guys obviously don't go to the Civic Golf Courses, do you? Right? Yeah, <laughs> it's like. Uh, it was pretty like the town cop would go there, and if you were rich, yeah. you'd belong to the other country club yeah. in the next town over. But also, it was still kind of a fairly wealthy town, and it was just an interesting dichotomy or whatever. Yeah, I I had always had 
the impression of you originating from Boston? That's not accurate, though, right? It You're is. Right? Yeah, no, a suburb outside of Boston. Suburb. Okay, okay. But I'm thinking, well, now if they remake Caddyshack, maybe the golf thing will be hot again. Because <laughs> mm-hmm, yeah. you know if they do, and it is, they'll be like, we're looking for golf scripts. You and, you know, because I'm not uh, there, like, they, it will not happen for me. But I'm saying, like, at least maybe some... The door might open. There would be some door <laughs> where maybe I can somehow be involved with any show about golf. Or specifically the culture of golf club mentality. I did actually. And I would say like I'm good for someone who doesn't play, if that makes any sense. Like after a couple holes, like I warm up and it's like, that's pretty surprising knowing that she's not a golfer. I mean, I, I, I certainly have respect for the ability to hit a tiny ball in a specific direction at a specific distance. I, I, I don't think I could do it regularly, you know. I mean, yeah, I'm not even good at video golf. <laughs> I mean, totally, I never... Totally the same skill <laughs> yeah. set, by the way. I never was on, like, the golf team or anything. Right. I just, like, went on the putting green all summer and took lessons from the pro there. And then my dad and I would golf, like, three holes a night sometimes. I, I think I never understood. I, I was actually thinking about this the other day because a, a good friend of mine that I work with, my, my day job, um, he's a huge golfer. Mm-hmm. And he's totally, like, we had a couple guys at the office who were, like, that's their thing. It's, like, and I think until I became a, a parent, mm-hmm. I totally get it now. I totally get, like... Gonna go to the golf course. Oh gonna yeah. Get up in the morning. Gonna get away from the family and the kids, and I'm gonna have my you know few hours to myself. And you can you really know, milk that. Like yeah, six no, hours. No, I, is... he I, mean, I don't think he really milks it, but I'm just saying I, I see because he works really really hard. He's yeah. A great guy. And I don't think he's shirking his familial duties, but I, but I totally see the whole like me time. This is my me time. Yeah, it's a perfect me time too because yeah. you're outside. <laughs> you're kind of alone. Or you've got to be quiet. Or you're, with, or you're with friends. Or you're with friends and get your aggression out. What kills me, though, about golf is, like, I hate, like, because I was on the working class side of it, like, I love the golf um, behind-the-scenes right, stuff. Right, right. Yeah. It's like I'm a theater stage the builder. Techie. Yeah, and I hate <laughs> the actors. But it's, like, I hate golf people, like, rich golf I hate them. I'm that's not saying the, that's your friend. But, no, no, but no. and then it's so bad for the environment, no, and that kills oh, me. Yeah, and, all the, oh, um, but I love my home on the golf course. I loved it. Yeah, no, I, I, you're right. It's it's, but I think that's like any any because it is an elitist thing. I think, and it's viewed as like you've made it. You know, you've got a membership yeah. at the golf club, and you know, yeah. hey there, Binky and Spuds, we're gonna go do some uh, the back nine, blah blah. You know, and it's like it, it is. It's it's kind of turdly. The whole thing. Yeah, is just yeah. Very See, much, I grew up not far from Scottsdale, Arizona, which is like. Oh, yeah. Golf, 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 golf. Yeah. All People go there to golf. People yeah. Oregon. Oh, it's beautiful golf courses. On purpose. My, I mean, and my dad's like the great, great golfer, but he was never, you know, he's just like a working class guy who golfs. But Right, right. He's an extraordinarily experienced and talented, talented golfer, but not a pro, right? Exactly. <clears throat> but yeah, no, uh, yeah, Scottsdale is like mecca of Yeah. But I think courses. anything like that where people are just like so you know, obsessed, and it's, it is status-based in a lot of ways, and it's like, they're so, like, you know, laser-focused on my new clubs. And yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, I think that's why I like comedy. It's like, you don't need anything. There's no. no place to talk. <laughs> you don't need these. Yeah, microphone to play, <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, I guess they You need say, equipment. You need, you need well, for <laughs> and an act. For the podcast, but no, I mean, well, there's a lot of comedians that don't have that. That's true. I know, but yesterday, I always think, like, oh, I wish I could, like, I was watching the Buddy Holly 
biopic. I'd never seen it last mm-hmm. night. And uh, the Kurt, or the Gary Busey. Yeah, and it, 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 I didn't think it was a great movie because it was just like really glossed over and like, wait, what? Like they're married now, and just I think it was great for the time. Yeah, but he was incredible in it. I mean, he was ridiculous. But um, but I always like I was tweeting about it. Like I want to start. Like I love those biopics where everyone is performing in a high school auditorium <laughs> and everyone is sitting nicely and enjoying it. I'm like, wait, can I just rent a high school auditorium and do comedy and like yeah, go around the country and do it? Awesome, and and um, people were tweeting back high school students, and I'm like, no, not high school students, you nimrods. High school auditoriums. <laughs> right, right. But then I was um, people or church were, basements. Yes, people were tweeting back at me like, no, there's regulations like. You can't make a profit. You can't bring alcohol in. I'm going to work this out because I got to go on my, like, non-plane crash buddy moose, Holly style moose lodges. tour. Moose Lodges is the answer. I'm serious. Or, I'm, I'm totally serious. I mean, that's VFW, VFW Moose Lodge. Moose Lodge. No, no, no. Yeah, seriously. Anywhere that you have an AA meeting, I'll perform it, but not at an AA meeting, although that's a whole other <laughs> like, deal. I love how, yeah, there's, there's like there's like a drunken, like, Polish wedding reception <laughs> at 6, and then at 7.30, the AA meeting. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I know. But yeah, I would say, yeah, VFW Halls and, um, and Moose Lodges. That's seriously. how punk rock started in America with a lot of um, basements and VFW yeah. Halls. My bad punk rock band in high school played at the Needham, Massachusetts VFW Hall. Oh, what a ruckus. What did you do in the band? <laughs> Singer. Yeah? What was it? I, I, uh, can, can you play an instrument? No, I mean, I played classical piano growing up, but I can't. Not dragon. What was your band called? I thought it was actually kind of a great name. Seventeen was our name, and we were all oh. seventeen. That works. It's kind gonna, of a great name. Were you going to change is. it? <laughs> no. Um, then we had some other name. But then, like, actually, the guys in it were incredible. It was like, I used to just go as, like, a friend groupie to watch them play and this guy Luke was the lead singer and he was more into getting into the like the rap kind of um oh, what's that band Faith No More kind of right. feel uh, but the other guys wanted more of like a breeders slash pixies slash whatever right. kind of feel so Luke was out and then I was in <laughs> and then uh but the guys are incredible musicians and they made really good like if you just heard their like they would just make songs and send me the the tape and then I would make lyrics over it and then we'd jam together and stuff yeah and um it wasn't awful. Like, I definitely ruined it. Like, if you hear it without... <laughs> but overall, like, it wasn't you terrible. And I, I think I didn't do such you a bad the ham and the mac and cheese. Do you still have any recordings? Ham. Oh, yeah. I have cassette tapes back home. And it's like the lyrics are cheesy and my voice is a little off. But, like, some of the rocky or yelling stuff isn't that bad. Yeah. But, like, you know, I just needed a little more help finding my way. But we made, like, a demo at um this university called... Um, Oh, I don't know. Some university in Boston. I forget the name. Not right. Boston University, but whatever. They had, like, a great college <laughs> radio off-brand. station, and you could just go in and make a demo, and, like, oh, cool. you'd play live, and then they would record it, but it sounded really good, and I was, like, so excited, and my friend Dave wasn't in the band, but he was, like, our our friend, and he was, like, you guys are going to get famous. Like, we were so into it, and I was a <laughs> freshman in college at this point, and I just thought I was going to be a rock star, and then <laughs> I think I've told someone else this on another show, or I told someone in private or something, but I, I mailed the tape to Kurt Cobain thinking he would help me. That's why it breaks my heart when, like, people ask me to watch things. I'm like, I, not that I'm Kurt Cobain, but being on the other side of it yeah, now, yeah. I'm like, there's nothing anyone can do, like, and no one cares, really, you know, to be yeah, honest. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. I, I, no, I don't think it's the no, one's, no one cares, but it's the, it's the, I don't care. Well, yeah, you, you might not care. I, I think there's no time. There's no I mean, time. a lot of times, no time, and, and you can't really be constructive about... I mean, it's hard to be constructive about that. Um, 
you know, I, I've been, uh, I'm nowhere near the position that you're, you're making a living doing comedy, but people who know. Until December. Know. <clears throat> <laughs> That's true. Well, um. Well, presumably, we're not going to die or anything. No, I'm not going to pass away in December, as far as I know. But the show I'm working on will wrap then, and then we'll wait and see yeah, if yeah, there's yeah. more. Yeah. But, but, I mean, you will continue to Hopefully, do what yes. you do. You will continue to do what you do. But. but I will be willing for the kids out there, if I don't get work, to do whatever it takes to make a paycheck. To do that VFW means, halls in the newsletter. Well, even if it means taking, like, a typing job. You know, I'll do anything yeah, yeah. to just make money. Pay day job, whatever, yeah. you know. All of the musical interludes in this episode are songs from the Smiths. Uh, if you're not familiar with their work, then go to somewhere else, because you and I can't be friends. The Smiths are from England. Jen Kirkman did comedy there, and this is what happened. Oh, yeah, so this guy um, had said you were saying the word homeroom in one of your jokes, and people might not know what that is. And he gave me an English equivalent of that word yeah. but it wasn't familiar to me so i was like i feel weird saying first it form or whatever. yeah i'm like well, i'm not gonna say that so because i think it's the rhythm of how i'm saying it right. so i did it with homeroom and it was fine and i think people were like well i think she means that but i get she's saying this they're from england they're not dumb right it's not like <laughs> totally different like i've laughed at things if someone said like second oh. forum or whatever that is i would know what and they kind of meant python i still don't understand 80% of the political references. I mean, it's all about, you know, because it's all this, like, British politics from, like, 1969 through 1973. And it's like, uh, but, you know, it's all about uh, British politicians, you know, from back in the day. And, you know, here I am, you know, a 10-year-old kid watching this. I don't know about, the, I don't know who the governor of my state is. It's right. Like, <laughs> much less some um, Tory politician that they're lampooning. But you can tell it's fun. Like, yeah, you yeah, get it was, the, it's still hilarious. Yeah, you get the... Yeah. Just, yeah. So, so homeroom did okay. Yeah, it did fine. They, I think they, they knew what I was trying to say. It was like pretty obvious, like where I was was gathered with my classmates in this room (laughs) specifically for the purpose. It was just about like it's some old joke I have about my parents meeting in high school, and and it was like they knew what I was getting at. Like that's not really the best time to make a decision, (laughs) you know, about like what you're gonna who you're gonna be with for the rest of your life. Like that was the vibe. (laughs) Yeah, they weren't like oh. Joke made sense until this word came in that. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Was this a recent tour that you were? No, no, no. I just went there like three years ago okay. to do a, a show called "The World Stands Up." Okay. And it's like some. It's like the. Uh, it's like a Comedy Central type of show, you know, okay. just like comedians doing ten minute sets and. Right. Showcasing. Yeah, and it airs on BBC and in like South Africa and a few other things and okay. and uh yes, but I did a couple like spots around town. You did a, a lot of touring for the comedians of Chelsea lately. Yeah, right? it seemed like a lot. It wasn't too much. It was like goodness knows the updates on Twitter were interesting. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. I had to get asses and seats. No, hey. Um, no, yeah, it was like uh, I maybe did like five or six dates. Okay, but how many? They, that was a pretty hefty tour, though, didn't they? Do like yeah, they rotated in like twelve different comics, and there would be three per show. Um, and you would do like two cities in a weekend, and it went every weekend for a few months. I think it's still going I s- on. I haven't seen any updates lately, but actually, I just saw a tweet from Chelsea for the first time in a million years. By the way, I watched that show specifically because you wrote on it and were on it, panelists. 
Well, thank you. And, and, and I became a fan. I actually became a fan. It was I, it, it was I, it was one of those reluctant like, well, Kirkman's on it, I'll watch yeah. it. Yeah, you know, and, and other people that I know and like would show up wronger and people. Would, well, Natasha. what I like about it is like you have all these cool comics like Bronger, Natasha, Chris yeah. Hardwick, Greg Proops, yeah, yeah, Greg Barrett. Like Proops they're all on the sh- the Squire Brothers. They're all yeah. on the show. And it's like, what other late night show? Are there three comedians a night, yeah. four nights a week, all different kinds of comics? And you have yeah, your totally. like uh, Dove Davidoff and Bobby Lee, and it was great. I really liked everyone that participated. Well, in that, that's kind of like I was like I was totally like dragged. Kick. It was kind of like Project Runway in a lot of ways. Although I think I was Project Runway. I was a little more enthusiastic for it. I was like, all right, right, let's watch this. And I was like, oh yeah, this is. This is pretty good. I almost never watched the guest segment, but, but I would watch I know a lot of people thing. don't. Well, what's so funny, too, is, like, I think if you hear, like, oh, this comedian has a show where she makes fun of celebrities, like, I think the automatic assumption is, oh, this comedian must really care about that stuff, and, and, and that's all right. she has to say in the world. And it's like, no, it's like, you know, she got this show on E that's supposed to lampoon everything else that goes on on E. Yeah. And nobody that ever worked on that show actually gives a shit about... <laughs> Celebrity stuff, right. but it's fun to, I mean, you have to do your job. Yeah. And what I kind of liked about it is that, like, I say this in the best of ways, like, it's a silly, dumb show that we purposely, like, Chelsea will always say, like, this is so stupid. Like, purposely trying yeah. to be silly. And I think that comes across, and in a good way. That comes across in a good way. It's lightweight. Everyone knows it's lightweight. And why not just roll with it? And it is funny, though, because it's like... Yeah, and then when we're done with that, we're talking about other things, you know, and, mm-hmm. and everyone that works there is super cool and does not care about really what's going on with Mel Gibson. But <laughs> what's funny is some of the people that well, watch no the show... Well, no more than any right-thinking person should. Right. I mean, I am Which a little is, fascinated. He's a dick. What a surprise. <laughs> he's a hyper-Catholic dick. Yeah. He likes, to punch, his wife, he likes to punch his wife or girlfriend in the mouth, and he's a drunk. Yeah, wow. a recovered drunk. Look up at 80% of every <laughs> dude I've ever met. <laughs> you know, it's like... <laughs> well, what used to drive me crazy and still does is, like, the people that follow me on Twitter, I think some of them knew me from that show, but they're the type of people that... <laughs> They love the celebrity yeah, stuff. It, they're, they, in, they're, they're into they're, it. They didn't watch the show with a sense of irony or the way that we felt we were presenting it, which is like, this is fun. They they are super into it. And they'll be like, what do you think of Kim Kardashian's blah? I'm like, oh, I don't care. And I don't want to be it. But I can tell that some of the people um, that I fight with are like surprised yes, at who I really they're, am. They're raison Yeah. And I'm like, you've got to get off. My bad. I, I, that's a great segue because I wanted to talk about that because I, I follow you on Twitter. Right, last night I went insane and I apologize. I, I, I didn't see the apology yet, but I did read that. No, I didn't apologize. I'm apologizing now. Uh, oh, okay. Um, I don't think you should apologize. No, well, that's the thing is, is I, I totally it's like because I know your work from stage and we've met a, a few times and at shows and stuff and you've always been really like you know you know funny and, and encouraging and, and a nice person and on twitter you're just like smackdown and it's awesome and, and it's it's so you know I, I i you i totally i totally from the first moment i saw you like block somebody and argue with someone and i looked and i, I thought about it i wasn't I, you know i gave it some thought and, and i looked at your follower count and i'm like you got like whatever thirty five thousand followers or I mean, it's like it's 26,000. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, a ton. I like a, a shit ton of followers. And I'm like, oh, yeah, Chelsea. And it totally, like, I had that moment of clarity where I'm like, they don't get it. They just don't. No, a lot of teenagers who are just like, I love. Kardashians or whatever. Yeah, the Kardashians. You know, so it's like. Why you got to be like that? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, <laughs> people just like, you know, not understanding when I'm being sarcastic. And right. that whole thing blew up. And then. 
But the blocked thing, I'm like, I think it's kind of funny sometimes within reason. Right, right. And then, you know, like Paul Tompkins and Tom Sharpling are always like, stop, you're, you're upsetting your real fan base. And then it, it, you're not using this tool correctly. And I'm like, you know, they're right. Yeah. So, you know, I don't have to take it to a super extreme, but like one night a week or one night every two weeks, I'll go insane with all the things. Right. But that becomes what, the only thing people remember. It's, it's very high profile. Yeah. It is very high profile. And so when people will go like, when I block someone, but then again, it's like, I know comedians who are like so afraid. They're so people pleasing. They get devastated when someone says something mean, they talk about it forever and they just write things like, thanks for the, you know, and like, stop being a kiss ass. You don't have to kiss yeah. anyone's ass. Yeah. This is, this is the thing. But that, I don't have to be insane either. So right, I get that. Right. But, but I think you, but that's, but I think you kind of, you, you kind of buried the lead there. It's, it, you, you have a core fan base of people who get it. And don't know you from Chelsea, or they know you from Chelsea, or they appreciate what you do on Chelsea, whatever. And then you have a bunch of people who are kind of hangers on from that. Mm -hmm. And you might get, I think you might get people who care about your other work from that. But, you know, if someone doesn't get what you're doing and understand that celebrity news is news only because it has the word news in it. It's not actual news that anyone should ever care about. Right. You know, it's like, it's not a brush fire. It's not a car accident. It's not a murder on the loose on your street. It's not high taxes. It's not something in the environment you need to worry about. It's, you know, it's a bad boob job. It's liposuction. It's someone getting punched in the mouth because, you know, they're a dick. <laughs> right, like, right. Who cares? Nobody cares. <laughs> um, but I think it's hilarious. I mean, yeah. I, 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 you know. I don't think you're alienating people who care. Well, maybe just with the amount. Like, last night I got really mad. The one thing I will say is, like, yeah, maybe I don't need to retweet the people that write, like, you're an asshole, I hate you, you're not funny. Right. But what I keep saying to people, like, Paul and Tom, who are talking to me about it, I was like, I swear to God in my life, I get, like, ten of those a day, and I just silently block them, I never tell anyone. Right. Every once in a while, when someone writes a really funny insult that just shows that they're not right, supposed right. to be on board, <laughs> I retweet it, because I think it's just kind of yeah, yeah. cool. I'm not trying to start anything. Um, <laughs> I will just retweet it. And then every once in a while, like last night, I got really upset because I wrote something about how Obama is just being just like Bush with some of his policies. Right. And then this girl wrote Bush was a better president than Obama. So I wrote back to her, assuming she was young, don't believe everything your folks tell you. Right, right. And then I she, saw that. I she saw that. just went off on me and was like, you haven't served in the military. You have no right to speak. And I... Now, at this point, I'm not fighting with someone on Twitter. I'm fighting and giving my opinion about an ideology right, right, right. that scares me when young people have it, that military equals patriotism, and that intellect and speaking is not needed in America, which is how it was founded. So I, I only have 140 characters, so I'm going to send 50 tweets right, right, with right. quotes from Einstein. I thought it was a funny thing to do. I liked doing it. And that I will not ever stop doing. Because I, I don't take that as a fighting with people. They don't get it. I wasn't trying to convince her of anything. I'd already blocked her. I just wanted to say this is my opinion on this stuff. And then somebody called me spoiled, and that hurt me at my core because I'm really proud of how tough I think I am and how I've lived in abject poverty for 14 years just to get my dreams to come true the last two years. So I'm never going to take that. And if people are like, don't respond to it, then that's not my opinion. When somebody comes back at you, like when I said, you know, there's a problem with syntax and, and the person comes back and says, well, no, syntax is this. And I'm like, okay, now you're arguing semantics with me. Oh. You know what I meant. Yeah. Now let's just walk away we'll from this. We'll just cool it. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I've had a couple of those, but, or no, I've only had one of those on, on Twitter. But, but See, I've been blocked because I, are you familiar with redstate.com? 
It's a conservative website. No. And it's uh, the creator. It's this guy Eric Erickson. Um, he's a, a CNN pundit, I think, sometimes too. And, and, and it sounds like a white power association. <laughs> yeah, like great that. name. And he um, allegedly he he made the comment. Oh, well, the reason Obama is in the office, I guess we have affirmative action now when it comes to electing our presidents. Such an and, old. Yeah, that's I a, yeah, that's, that's I got low, to a, a, a Twitter yeah. war as to why that is completely racist. Yeah, and um, he entertained it for a while, but when I would not back down, I got blocked. And I think it sometimes there is just the oh, that was just me being sarcastic. You didn't understand that. There's right, that, right. but I think with you, sometimes it's your like you said, your ideology is under attack, or you are confronting problematic ideologies that we have in this country right now. Um, and I get so many, when I did that last night, so many positive responses. Like, thanks for saying this. And it, and it was like, it, I'm not going to back down on doing stuff like that. Yeah. And I don't care if people disagree. But I, it is true. When I just block people quietly and don't say anything who are like, you're horrible. And I just stay positive and interact with my comedian friends on there. And people follow that. Yeah. Things stay positive. The minute I retweet something negative, tons of negative stuff comes in. And I don't know if it's just like law of attraction with negative I energy. I think, I think in a lot of ways it's, it's yeah. Or people are like, oh, this will get me attention. But but it, it is true. I mean, I'm totally in control of how I, I want. Know, I think I never got the impression that you were, that you were, were, there was a pathology behind what you're doing. I always thought it was kind of hilarious. It's, it's, it definitely is like a thing that, that my I've friends had have to, taken I, me aside and said, stop it. I've had, yeah. to, I've had to resist. I've had to resist. I can see that. I mean, I can totally see that. I mean, it's, I don't, but I don't think it's destructive. I just think it's, uh, you know, not productive. Not worth it. Yeah, not worth yeah. it. Totally not worth it. Um, and that happens even though sometimes, to some extent, on a specialthing.com, the forum there, people are fighting about Kyle Cease and the comedy. Who gives a shit? I know. That thing is so <laughs> I mean, I think Stanhope. I think Stanhope has weighed in yet again in a way that I think succinctly, well, at least sums up his point of view about stuff like that. And I think his his stuff about the whole joke stealing Mencia Rogan thing was was pretty succinct about that too. And I, I mean, I think if you want to take a comedy class, I've gotten a lot out of my writing and ske- writing sketch writing and and improv classes at UCB and stuff like that. Right. You know. I don't know if anyone can really teach you how to be a stand-up. They mm-hmm. certainly can. You can certainly work on jokes. You can certainly workshop jokes, and you certainly can buy stage time. You know, and and but but I I think you you know I I I think Stanhope's point in you know part of that was you'll get just as much hanging out in and a green living, room, yeah. And BSing with people and working with a writing partner and going up and just doing open mics than you will paying money for any. And and I know people who I respect who who run stand up. You know. Well, the thing that Kyle said, I heard him say it. I think on Jimmy Dore's podcast was like, "Well, how many headliners are going to sit at the bar and talk to you?" Well, that's part of it too, is having people ignore you and toughening up. Like you shouldn't always have like information at your fingertips. That's my opinion, but I'm kind of like a no, it doesn't matter the pull yourself you up by your bootstraps. Well, doesn't, that, but that's the thing. Is, that's the thing is, 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 you know what it is? It's, 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 it's a, it's like, it's like a lot of adult things. It's like sex. You can have, you can have sex explained to you. You can have health classes, but until you get into a relationship or not a relationship and you get through the things that happen, you're never going to, you, you, someone can say, that's a great analogy. All you need yeah. to do, all you need to do is go up and you see someone you like, have the courage to go up and ask them, to, you know, ask them to go out for a malted milkshake. And that, 
yes, that is exactly what you have to do. Going up and doing that breaks your heart. You know? Yeah. But it, it, so there's only so much, you know, advice. And even if someone had the formula, magic formula, you still have to walk that walk. Mm-hmm. And I think, too, like, what I retweeted what Doug Stanhope wrote, <clears throat> only because my angle on it, I didn't even think about comedians teaching a class. I don't have any opinion on the Kelsey's thing. My one quick opinion would be he's, in his defense, him defending himself, he's like, I'm not making money off this. Well, then great. Don't charge $3,000. It's a lot of money to a young comic and whatever. No, that's but, fine. It's a lot of mo- money to someone who has a It's a lot of money job. to me. And, yeah. Yeah. You know. I, but I had a problem with this guy who is an industry person teaching a class. Yeah, that's sketchy. Because I personally know that guy. I know what he's done that's harmful to people in terms of his opinion, in terms of their development, yeah. pointing at myself. And I also think um, you don't really want to go to the man and go, how can I make my stuff more palatable so that I can get in your festivals and think, no, you don't need that stuff. Yeah. You know, I've never been in the Montreal Comedy Festival, which is a huge badge of honor for comedians and it gets you stuff i've auditioned nine times and never gotten in i've, I've been, seen a lot of good people do showcases and not get in. i think i'm a very good comic i've worked in comedy every job i've ever gotten from acting on a tv show to writing on one and acting stand-up tours and now a sitcom job as a writer has been through my stand-up and and someone's gonna tell me i can't be in a festival so it's like it doesn't that guy teaching a class yeah is is a sin and I'll probably never get in saying this, but it's like that I have a problem with. I didn't really accidentally by retweeting it mean to weigh in on oh, what yeah. Kyle Cease is doing, but no, no, no I, one well, even I, saw it or cared. I'm not even but... talking about I don't even get into the Kyle Cease argument. Yeah. I, just, I, just, I just think that the whole... I is, just really want to go to Doug Stanhope's comedy death camp. I would totally do that. Oh my God, I would so totally do that. <laughs> I would totally do that. But that's because I've heard my friend Mishka Shubali, I've heard all the stories from him about the Disney right, right. parties. I'd love to, you know, I'd love to have him on the podcast. Get him on the podcast. Uh, I, <laughs> I mean, I, and he's also like the other extreme of Kyle's positive thinking. He's like, I think, a very troubled person who seems like he might have a drinking problem. But the, but the point <laughs> so is... It's like his rantings on a website at night might be also... Yeah, but I think, his, I, think his, I think his are I think his rantings are on point to a certain extent. I mean, I, again, I think if the core of what he's saying is no one can teach you how to be a stand-up comic. If you want to do, I think you can write in a vacuum in a lot of ways. I mean, you know, someone eventually has to critique it. But I think the act of writing, whether you're good or not, you can do by yourself. You can sit in a room and you can write and you can write and you can write. Yeah. And I think stand-up is totally different, and I think someone could. I think there's. I think someone can give you rules about writing that will be general and, and help you out. Mm-hmm. I just think stand-up is such a personal thing, you know. Unless you're doing a very like, you know, broad character or something stupid like that, you know, not stupid like that's. I'm, I'm shitting on that, but like yeah. something really broad and accessible. Um, you know, I just can't imagine just not doing it yourself. It's, 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 you have to just do it. And you have to go through... Like, I remember a lot of the jokes I do now, I actually did think of when I was, like, 22, but I didn't look right saying it yet. Like, no one wants to hear from a 22-year-old that they don't want to have kids. But now that I'm 35, going to be 36, okay, you, you might not. I kind of see you look older. Right, right, right. You're speaking from experience. Okay, I buy that. It doesn't sound like callow youth. Yeah. But see, but that's the thing. But that takes 14 years. That's not going to, there's no way to write it better. But see, yeah, 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 the joke is fine. But see, and that's something, that's something when sitting in a green room or at the bar after a show, someone can say, you know, 
that's a good joke, but you know, it looks like crap on stage. And that's yeah. the kind of feedback you get. I don't think you get that. In the, I don't think you could be taught that in a class. You know, this is what I wanted to address. You were um, one of the maybe the first comedian that I noticed where I felt I've always enjoyed comedians and I've always laughed at funny jokes and I've well, <laughs> I feel like there's air quotes. I've always air quotes. I've, I've always laughed quotes <laughs> funny jokes I've, quotes I've related to material right but you were the um, first comedian who I felt like oh this is somebody who is a lot like me now I mean I had comedian friends too but we had you know we had overlapping tastes and stuff yeah but getting but, but to, no one's like Ron Babcock <laughs> well <laughs> Because I was on Mom's Proposal uh, shows, helping out with stuff, and knew you from the, or knew your work from the uh, articles that you contributed, at least one article that I read. Oh, yeah, yeah. That you contributed to that. So, here's where I'm going with this. Um, the <laughs> I hope it ends with a dig it, Ron. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. Because it's one of those things where it happens every now and again, and then uh-huh. it beeps in the house. What is that? <laughs> and then I clue it up. It's just like in the Buddy Holly movie last night. They heard a high-pitched noise when they were recording in the garage, and it turned out to be a cricket. And then they became Buddy Holly and the crickets. And then he realized he wanted a triangle sound in his song every day. And then I read on the internet that none of that happened. So I'm like, why put that scene in there? There was a little anecdote about how there was a cricket in the recording studio, and you can hear it at the end of one of his songs. So why not put that in the movie? That's also charming. Yeah, totally. Make stuff up. Totally. About ten minute scene that didn't we need happen. something here. <laughs> I mean, if you're gonna have a boring scene about a cricket and what's that noise? Was it boring? I, I, it's well, been a million years since I seen that. It's one of those things where it's like it was interesting when it happened, and I you watch it and go, oh, I bet I know and what's then gonna I happen. It was ten minutes. Of- yeah, you go, oh, this is going to be part of the song. It's going to influence his sound in some way or give him the name The Crickets. And when you find out it's not true, it's like... What the hell is that sound? It's, it's not like cricket. that story was more interesting than the real one. Just right, put the right. real one in. What was that sound? It was a cricket. Oh, damn it. <laughs> that, was probably, that was probably the actual conversation. They make Those movies make it look so easy to be a game-changing rock and roll musician in the 1950s. I'm like, why don't I just do that? The formula of them. Amazing. I get to say the word building from them again. What's that? I get to say the word Bildungsroman again. What is that? Bildung? Bildungsroman. It's, it's the German word for uh, coming of age novel. But, right, 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 right. Which right. those movies are basically. Oh, I but love see, it. It's like the record guy. The radio station right. loves your music. and I mean, I know that's how it happened, but. And that's what I wonder. Um, the movie, it's called, uh, is it The Rocker it, with uh, Rain Wilson? The one where he plays the guy that. He's yeah. the drummer, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't see it. Okay. Well, it's very much like basically they become famous because of a YouTube video. Uh-huh. And like all this stuff happens, these tours happen. And I don't know if it's because of the. And it, really, any of those movies. I don't know if it's because of the particular music scene I was in where it, it doesn't ring true. Yeah. It's like, well, maybe it just wasn't me and my friends, you know, who experienced that. I just don't imagine, though, it being so easy. I'm for, sure it was just as hard back then, but then there was less. 
of a population. There was less media. Yeah. So you really were all listening to the radio. And if a DJ who wasn't controlled by a corporate record label yet could yeah. play when he wanted and people were calling about it. Yeah. I kind of think it could have been that simple. Yeah. In, in like no, Elvis's I mean, case, it was. I think, I think the entertainment industry has changed so much in like the last... 15 or 20 years. Oh, you were talking on uh, on the Pod of Tomcast about uh, Chicken, the dude that got that deal. At, uh, yes. Which is hilarious because it just came up. It's weird. It's like in the zeitgeist because I, I didn't know about that. And when the Montreal stuff was going on, that came up. I can't remember who blogged about that. Um, Matt Reilly, maybe? Or one of the guys online blogged about that. De- like That was like one of the last big development deals yeah. that came out of Montreal. And... For, for who again? No. This the stand up comic. I can't remember who. His oh, maybe name. you know what? Maybe it was Stanhope. Actually, you know what? It was Stanhope in that that whole thing. Uh, oh, sorry, Matt Roof. Mike Roof was his real name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. And, and he yeah. got like a half million dollar development deal. Yeah, just yeah. from being worse Doing than quote unquote. This is not my quotes. Worse than Dane Cook. Um, the uh, you know and and. and Stuff like that, I guess, you know, if someone takes a shiny look, he's going to talk about the golf, you know, if, if Caddyshack comes along mm-hmm. and somebody happens to see you at UCB talking about wanting to do a pilot, you know, for a golf TV show, right. that could happen. Right, right. You know, but but I think, I, I think entertainment being what it is these days, it doesn't, you know, I think they have formulas now. I think they really They do. Them. And even for Chicken getting a half million dollar deal off five minutes, like he probably for 10 years was working on that five minutes. But, like, in these biopics, everybody is just starting out. (laughs) And two months later, they're like, their wife is mad at them. They're like, I didn't sign up for this. And then they go to their local studio. And then they're like, someone's like, you got something. And someone more in control is like, this is terrible. This is for black people. (laughs) But I do think there might have been. I mean, Buddy Holly was only only 22 when he died. So he right. really did really? maybe, like yeah, he really did maybe come up that quickly because he, he'd only been, um, he'd only been well known for a year and a half. So he was writing like, that stuff like at 19. Daughter. She's, She's getting very well known right now. <laughs> I've only known her for a year. I love Jean George's daughters in the next room. I like her. Just kind of talking to herself. Just, She's meh, so meh. And I'm like, what? What is going on in her head? I'd love to know. She's talking to herself. That's exactly what's going on. She's making sounds. What's she thinking? Um, She's probably trying to make words. I mean, that's that's the whole thing. It's uh, the the one thing about having a kid that I never thought I would. I mean, I thought it'd be interesting, but it's it's like hyper fascinating. Yeah, is watching that development. Oh yeah, because she's literally gone from a lump to like. Someone who tries to have conversations with you. It was just my friend just had a baby, and I went to visit the baby, I think, at five or six weeks, four weeks. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I went back a week later, and the baby was already different. And uh-huh. I could see it, too, because the first time I saw the baby, the baby was just kind of, she was, like, looking but not focused on anything. Didn't yeah. seem very interested in what was going on around her. It's about food and poop. Yeah, and then the next week, she was, like, looking, making eye contact, reacting, what was mm-hmm. going on. I was like, that's pretty fascinating. Yeah, I... I um uh, having a kid changes a lot of my <laughs> changed a lot of my viewpoint about you know all those sort of like you know pro pro choice pro life thing. I'm like I used to say, you know, babies are really not people after you know for like a month after they come out. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, a lot of that was said for a fact, but you know, it's like, <laughs> it's like, like beyond pro choice. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Um, um, you know, 
I still think it's up to the individual, the conscience of the individual churchgoer. But I think, um, uh, you know, it's totally different. I feel totally, you know, it's like, you know, watching Tish go through that and the baby and the whole nine yards. It's like completely changed my perspective on things. I still think people have a right to choose what to do with their bodies, but man, the moral quandary about it is totally different. It's things. very it's hard totally knowing different. my friends that have been pregnant and in the the you know, third month, you can't see anything physically that much on the person, but they already feel a connection. There's something there. It's, it's nature, man. Yeah. There's something there. It is weird though. When you think about like abortion, like I didn't even know I've never had one or anything like that, but I didn't even know that, uh, like I always thought of it as like, you find out you're pregnant and then four days later you get this procedure. So it's like no harm, no foul. Like they're really just kind of, it's just a bag of cells, but it's like, you have to wait like eight weeks. Like, they, there has to be something there for them to undo. And I'm like, right. that's insane. Yeah, unless you have uh, some of the, you know, like a... Like that pill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, that to me, should be legal for that oh, purpose. yes. Because I feel like at that point, it's day four, it's day five. But, uh, yeah, yeah six, eight yeah, yeah, week, yeah, yeah. that's going to be torture on someone. No, not the morning after pill. There's an abortion. No, there's pill. an abortion. Oh, abortion. Oh, okay. it's, it's fine. Or yeah, it's legal in France. Yeah. yeah. It's legal in a lot of places, but... And I could be wrong about how often, how soon you take it or whatever. But. All, all I know is that, that, like I said, the moral quandary is totally different. Totally different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kid. It's like you realize that, wow, this is soul or no soul. I am, I'm a confirmed atheist. That's a little people. And it's like, okay. What's well, scary, too. Like, now that, I'm, now that I'm married, like, if I accidentally got pregnant or something, like, it would really be a, like 10 minutes of your material. It would be like a real hard thing to, to like, just be like, we're not ready. I'm not doing this. Like it, it's kind of the most ready. You're going to be like the point I'm at. Uh, you can't, you can't wait. I mean, if you wait, you're never going to do it. No, I'm never going to do well, it. I know you, but no, no, but I, mean, I mean, but I mean, who knows? I always say, yeah, yeah. It's about having kids or like, Oh, yeah, we know we want to do it someday. We just don't know when. Like, those are the people that usually end up doing it, like, within that year. Because they're just like, whatever, let's just jump in. And, you know, that kind of thing. Because you don't know how long it's going to take for it to happen. Yeah, with us, it was like, my seat is strong. <laughs> I had it's people asking, like, at the wedding reception yeah, about, you a know. A lot of that is, is the usual wedding stuff, though. I mean, I, I, I kind of discount those sort of. About, like, when you're having kids. Yeah. yeah. Right, right. I guess it's just something to say. It's if it's like people that don't know you that well, like yeah. your extended family. Yeah, I see what you're saying. And it's annoying though. <laughs> well, the expectation is you're gonna have kids. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I, if I can really say anything more about that. No, I don't think you should. I'm, I'm just saying. The, but that's the. I mean, we're, we're all here. As I don't have genitalia. Okay. I'm sorry. Leave me alone. I've seen your Ken doll. It is one of those weird things though, where you're like. Um, yeah, because you do the one traditional thing, yeah. people assume you're going to do the next. Right. And then you're kind of like, well, why did I get married if I'm not going to? But then it's like, well, there's there's benefits, like, emotionally and legally. <laughs> but, but it is weird the, that, like, people yeah. who, who say, like, do you have kids? And I go, no. And they go, oh, are you going to? And are I say, no. yeah, well, they don't even ask that. And I go, what if I was? They think it, though. Well, yeah. they, they should ask it. Because I feel like when they go, like, oh, well, how come? And Or they don't say how come. They just keep pushing. And I'm like... There's some unspoken option here that I might not be able to, and they're just barreling through this conversation as if it's not really personal. It's but, so strange. But you to know me. what, though? Yeah. But this is the thing, is, and I th- I've thought about this a lot too because you know having a kid, you think about this stuff. Um, but it's a biological imperative, 
And so when someone comes out for seriously or for the purposes of comedy of saying, I'm not going to have kids, it trips a switch. Mm -hmm. It's like, it, it, it's like seeing, you know, it's like seeing a transvestite hooker, Mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't look right to you. There's, there's, you know, it's like that lady is six, four and has an Adam's apple and five o'clock shadow. It's like, well, it doesn't look right, but it might look good. That's funny. There's a, yeah, there's a book I have about people who are like childless by choice or right. some, some child-free things. It's only like 14% of the population. Obviously it's a very small minority. On this planet that, yeah. But it still is like, I have to get it in my head that I'm doing the kind of unconventional thing and <clears throat> it's normal for people to ask. But I don't think it's normal for them to keep pushing. Yeah. Because right. I wouldn't say like, why are you gay? And then like keep insisting you shouldn't be. It's different. But, um, no, I don't think it is different. I think it. I think it. I think it falls. It, it falls outside, quote unquote, the norm, mm-hmm. because we have these biological imperatives. You are supposed to reproduce. Mm-hmm. You are supposed to be attracted to members of the opposite sex. That's the way things are supposed to work. Mm-hmm. Whether that's morally ambiguous or uh, I don't care who screws who, but it still trips a switch in a lot of ways. You know, a lot of us being social animals is about obeying the social contract as opposed to a pick. We, we don't like, you know, we, we should not be, I like that kid's ice cream cone. I'm going to go grab and eat right. it because I'm hungry. You know? So a lot of it is agreeing to say, it's okay. If you're gay, you do whatever you want because you're a human and have a, have, have fun. Yeah. You want to have kids, go ahead, have fun. But I still think it trips a switch in a lot of ways. Oh yeah. You well know? now I just and say to people, people like, like, we don't know. Like, <laughs> right. I always just say to people, we don't know. But because it's easier and it, yeah, yeah, it yeah. pleases you, them. You, and it's, you circumvent the And the more reasons you give them, the more people argue out of it. And you're just like, oh, never mind. But what about? Well, it's funny when male comics that I know, like, I'll be on tour with them and they'll be like, you should. I'm like, well, what's your wife doing now? She's home with the kid. Okay, but I'm the wife and the comic in this situation. So should I stop touring? Oh, you can do both. Tell me how. No, honestly, tell me how. Right. And it stops there and they can't. I'm like, let's stop talking about well, name, this. Name, name how many comics, like Rice Cubs, the only one I can think of. Yeah, and she had a very strict on-set day job, 13 hours. You know, she's right. not touring. She was making, yeah, she was making money. But Kathy Griffin, Sarah Silverman, Chelsea Handler, yeah. they're not doing that. Jeanine Garofalo. Jeanine Garofalo. Maybe there's part of us that has, like, a male brain. We don't even have a maternal instinct. I don't know. Or you're more driven. I mean, I think, I think you, you're more driven to, to do what you want. I mean, now, if I had accomplished all my dreams and goals at 27 and had, like, nothing else like that I felt I needed to go for and I had all this money like mm-hmm. well, that might have absolutely been a thing but I know now that if I tried to bring someone else into the world I would not be able to give them my full attention I didn't realize and I guess I intellectually realized it but, mm-hmm. but, but deep down in my core didn't realize it's, it is it's Things happen to you physiologically that make you love that make you right raise yeah you don't care I mean it's like it's like I stopped doing stand-up, and I'm okay with it because I can't go to open mics three nights a week, four nights a week. But at the same time, I would say I'm not going to risk that because I know biologically when you have the kid, like, you're like a wolf mother. Like, you'll yeah. kill someone for your kid. Yeah. Or you might But not. it doesn't mean that day-to-day logically raising them, enjoying it, whatever, is necessarily going to work. Like, I could be Don Draper, just like a jerk. You know, like, right. there's tons of bad daddies and bad mommies who come oh, home agree, and agree, hate. Agree, agree, agree. I'm just saying that I'm, there's, I'm I'm saying that there's a biological that. component that you might just turn into Susie Petunia Homemaker and be done with it. Yes. But, but If I don't, I fear the opposite of that. Yeah, well, and I totally get why there's – I mean – as a guy, there's physiological changes and hormonal things mm-hmm. that you cue off of because you're, you know, 
I'm going to go get a mammoth to eat because we all need to eat. Yeah. And I mean, and it's 10 times worse for Tish. You know, it's like she has this thing growing inside her and everything about her body is changing to accommodate. Yeah. That baby. And then the first year, it's all about her and yeah. feeding and bonding. And, and it's fine. And that's the thing. Is, yeah. And you're just like, this is the cutest. I, I, I do have the cutest baby in the world. But even if my baby had, you know, a horn and cloven hooves, I would think the same. Well, that would be kind of cool, too. <laughs> there is something nice about, like, my friends that have kids and they're breastfeeding or whatever and they're not working right now. They're just like... I get up, I sleep, I live for the baby. My body is to, I'm not here anymore. Like in a good way, in a spiritual way. Like I sleep, I eat, I feed. It's bonding, it's beautiful, it's relaxed. It's life is taking it over. Pairs, it pairs things down to the essential. And that's yes. Why, that's why I say this. There's something very attractive about that. There are these biological imperatives. Yeah, that, Nature takes over. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is, it, it pairs everything down to its essentials. And you realize how, you know, much of a machine you are to do that kind of thing. Well, also the other thing is too, is like, I could have a kid and stay home with the baby, but then we can't live on one income. So it's like, yeah. and that to me, and I have a friend who's like, oh, don't worry about money. That's such a stupid reason. I'm like, if I can't pay the rent, no, <laughs> like I don't want to bring a child in, into a stressful situation no. because no. I don't know how that's going to work out. And, yeah. and, and that's not my reason for not, but that would be like, if for some reason I wanted one right now, like that would stop me right well, now too. Well, that's yeah. the thing is, is there's, you, you, you accommodate. I mean, you have to make accommodations. And I think that, um, uh, you know, money is what buys baby food. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, it's like after the breastfeeding, she's been uh, weaned for a few months now. Mm-hmm. You know, mom doesn't make her dinner and, you know, it's like we still got to go to Ralph's and buy it. Right, and even just having even something left over for, like, savings or something buys, it does buy peace of mind. I'm like, oh, I don't have to worry right now. So it's like, you know, when people who are, like, you know, still kind of like, I don't know, I've had, like, five different jobs in the last two years. I'm still kind of, like, at that point in my career, I just have to take what comes. Yeah, sure. And sometimes it doesn't come, and sometimes it does. Like, I just feel like bringing... A person into that is really no, I would have never really done chaotic. If, if if I didn't have a, a stable day job, never would have even considered. Yeah, that. right. I mean, never you have to. I don't like when people are like just whatever. I'm like, what? Because the two people that have said that to me have since contacted me and been like, I'm losing my mind. Like neither of us are working. Things because are bad. Not, see, that's and I'm like, well, you don't yeah, you don't think it through. You don't think. You think that through. cartoon on Fox is going to go forever? Not The Simpsons. All the other 50. That's going to go on. <laughs> for better or for worse, it's going to go on forever. So speaking of your jobs, yes, you have uh, left Chelsea lately. You're working on Perfect Did you couples. leave Chelsea lately? Yeah. Why did you leave Chelsea lately? Because I'm stupid. You're dumb. That was a great show. I like you now. Someone wrote me like, you left to try to beat Chelsea and you didn't, you loser. Look at you, you suck. I'm like, wow. They gave you a... I'm like, I'm not going to ever beat her. A, no, like, that's not even the way I think. She's a lovely person, but I'm going to beat her? I don't think so. I think she's good. I think she wins. But it's just, like, so stupid. But even if I was, it would probably take longer than four weeks. But also, why would I leave? Anyway, go on. Yes, I have a new job. Yes. So how's, it going? how's transitioning from, I mean, they're both writing staffs, but it's a very different kind of show. Yeah. And, um, and it must have been a little bit disconcerting but you had to think about it right you'd be like well i've this gig's been going great and i've done these comedy tours and stuff but it was the hardest decision in my life because i had to turn down and to stop touring and stop 
appearing on TV a couple times a month and stop writing for a show to take a job as a network writer for a sitcom, which, um, you know, I don't know how long it's going to be on the air and I don't know when it's going to start airing and I don't know anything. And I don't know if I'll be asked back. They might think I did terrible work. How many writers were that? It was like 13 people. Wow. So it's like, yeah, I don't know if I, uh, you know, who knows? There's like so many variables. Yeah. It's a huge risk. But at some point you have to jump into that world because it kind of like working on a non-union cable show doesn't count in the writing world. Like I it's not going to, exactly you're not going to transition. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, I want to be in front of the camera and I want to be touring, but I, I you can't really make a living touring. Um, I can't. So it's yeah. not, and actually have things. <laughs> no, and, and and unless things. I wanted to be on the road 59 Yeah, yeah, weeks if you here. wanted to live out of a suitcase, you'd yeah. just fly. But yeah, so I was like, it was a hard decision, but kind of like the right decision. Yeah. Just giving up things now to maybe get them later. Yeah. But yeah, I really like it. It's obviously very different to work on like scripted stories than it is to check TMZ every morning and make jokes about it, you know? <laughs> um, it's definitely different, but I am enjoying it because I tend to go to, towards like feelings and kind of character things more in my stand-up anyway. Yeah, so. and we were watching um, the preview that the network has out right mm-hmm. now with the, with the characters. It was like 7,000 hours long. Oh <laughs> <laughs> or three minutes. It was like four and a half. Because like, I looked at it and it's like, it's like, it looked like the bar was stretching all the way around. I'm like, how long is this? <laughs> no, they put a good chunk of it, yeah. They didn't put a good chunk I think of that was, Is this a teaser? I think it's what they showed at like the NBC upfronts or something. Uh, I wasn't around for that part. But. That was the NBC? There mm-hmm. seemed like a lot of jokes about the stealing the side of the bed. That was like the, the teaser setup. The arc. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so I mean, it's just a different way of thinking, and I'm learning a ton. And it, you know, just because I'm interested more in that area doesn't mean I'm nailing it. Like, I'm learning a lot, and I'm definitely well, like. That's great, though. Yeah, it's definitely like a challenge. I'm, I'm try- I don't, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'm loving it. But yeah, oh. I, I never really liked writing, um, I like the result of, like, seeing what you wrote on TV that night. Mm-hmm. Going, like, I the wrote that. So yeah, but the process of um, just what we were making jokes about is, like, draining after two years. Like, to start your day. But how many times, yeah, how many times can you make the same? Essentially, I mean, I mean, you know, it's like, oh, look, it's a Kardashian joke. Oh, look, it's a blah, blah, blah. One of my favorite things on Chelsea, though, there was this moment where Amy Winehouse, like, lived in St. Lucia. Oh, yeah. I totally remember that. And I kept pitching every day, like, okay, she did another thing today. She, like, threw a coconut at someone. And we're, like, (laughs) usually we're trying not to do the same person, like, every day. But but it became, like, a running thing, like, she's there. And this is what she did today. It was so fun. But in general, yeah, in general, like, waking up and looking at what, like, a very sad Lindsay Lohan type person does is just bad for the soul, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, because there's only so much you can say. And, 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 I mean, Amy Winehouse, you know, while I wish her absolutely the best of luck because she is obviously a broken, broken individual. Yeah. She's like a cartoon. Her antics are cartoonish. Yeah, Yeah, it is very much like, I mean, you could not, if you hired someone from Central Casting, if you went and said, find me the crackiest crack whore you could possibly, maybe knock out a couple teeth, maybe give her a beehive. (laughs) Maybe, you know, some jailhouse tats and and like, uh, yeah, she needs to lose like 25 pounds. You couldn't, you know, you could not cast that if you went to Central Casting and, and said, and it's just like, 
She was like wandering into schools on the island in her dirty shorts and bathing suit top and just like teaching the kids to sing. And it was like, what? Wow. It was amazing. And like taking people's drinks off their tables at the <laughs> resort and just like puking on people, trying to have threesomes with other people's she's wives. She's like, she's like, God. And who knows? Maybe it was all made up, but I don't think so. I, even if 10% of it wasn't made up, it's Some, still yeah. like, like I, I can't even articulate how crazy it is. Yeah. You know, and the stuff that they, the stuff that is documented, like photographic and video evidence of it is over the top. And you don't see people, people, most people like that do that in the privacy of their own home and then they just die. The fact that she, one, she's so talented, she's a great singer. And two, she's not dead yet. I know. What part of her body is I, functioning on like chemicals don't know. only? I don't know. There's, I love it. And, and, and she obviously has no effective handlers. You know, like most people like that, they have someone to pour them into a limousine, lock them up to, to sober them up long enough to do something. Yeah. But she gets on stage and pukes on people yeah. and falls <laughs> over and her hair's all messed up. And I mean, it's just like, she's insane. Yeah. I love her to death. I love her to death. Yeah, but I could, I could see how that I could never, there's a bottomless well there, but. But yeah. certain things where it's, like, less cartoonish people, more tragic, I'm like, I don't even want to know about this. Like, mm-hmm. starting your day with that is, like, or banal. negative. Or banal. Or yeah. just totally, like, yeah. the Kardashian did something dumb. Yeah. I'm gonna, I don't know what the Kardashians are my go-to on that. Well, because they're on, like, every magazine cover. And we used to try to make yeah, fun of the magazines, too, for, like, every week. I lost five pounds. Literally, it's like an I lost five pounds issue. Like, well, if anyone can lose five pounds, you just don't eat for three days. Right. <laughs> or, or take a really satisfying <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> or done. take a some whatever diet pill they take. Right, right. Um, so. But yeah, so I'm kind of glad to be away from having to read that stuff every morning. Yeah. I'm not even judging making jokes about it. That was the fun part. But the right. reading about it every morning, I'm like, oh, it's so sad. Well, like, I, I used to watch The Soup all the time, and it's almost too much to watch that. You know, to watch the, to get all to, that the clips of the reality shows. Just just the clips of the, like, crazy stuff that's done. I can't imagine doing it for a living. You know, having to pour through magazines. Yeah, because if reality TV, TV was just this little thing that happened over here on the side, and we were like, look at this weird part of our culture. But, like, friends aren't getting work because all there is is reality shows. and Totally. Like, that's depressing. I don't want to think yeah. about it. I want to watch shows about it. Yeah, Brody. What, dude, You're I had the Part time. of a machine. You can subscribe to Shaky Town Radio on iTunes. Simply search for Shaky Town Radio. Visit our constantly updated blog at shakytownradio.com. Our Facebook fan page link can be found there, or you can simply go to facebook.com slash shakytownradio. Our Twitter address is at shakytownradio. Our email address is shakytownradio at gmail.com. You can send us a voicemail at 6666-SHAKE or 6666-7425. So, Jen, we can um, see you fight with people on Twitter at Jen Kirkman. See, that's not, <laughs> that's not who I am. I'm just kidding. I know. Um, that's not who I am. Perfect Couples will be coming out probably mid-season on NBC. Yes, I don't know when it comes Sometime out. In 11. Does NBC mm-hmm. suck again? What? Doesn't... It goes in cycles. I'm not, not saying your show sucks, but I'm just saying <laughs> I, I can't. I don't keep up because TiVo, well, they're trying to TiVo do... grabs the stuff that I like, and I yeah. don't really know what's on what network. I think... You know, I only know what's on Thursday night sitcom night. Is it good so though? in that I way, mean, I don't think it's sucks. Like the Office, Thirty Rock, Community Parks and Rec. Oh, community and Parks and Rec. Yeah, yeah, sometimes. yeah. yeah it's. I think it's good. Yeah. Again, I don't know anything else they do. Yeah. The network. Last Comic Standing. I don't watch. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I'd like to watch Thirty Rock, but I haven't watched it, and I'm kind of like I'm one of those like I'm like I, I want to start from the beginning. Yeah, you got to start from the beginning. Um, no, because they have running yeah, yeah. things, so you should. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, see, I can see that, and then I'll be, uh, I don't know, I'll be around doing, popping up here and there. Yeah, the, the best website for you would probably be jenkirkman.com? Mm-hmm. I'm I just uh, performing in L.A. this year, and I'm going to make an album in December, so. Awesome. How oh, cool. Is it, uh, do you know if it's going to be on AST again? I or? don't know where I'm doing it yet. Cool. And I'd you were like just on the Pod F Tomcast, the, the premiere yes. of the Pod F Tomcast. Everyone listen to that. Dude, everyone listen to that. Yeah, seriously, I've been like... Not for me, I mean for the show. <laughs> no, no, I mean for... No, because it's awesome. Because it's a slice of heaven. But you can listen to us, too. No, you can listen to both. But us There's first. time. There's mm-hmm. time. <laughs> no, you know you don't have to listen to it. You know, if they, got, if they got actually got this far, they probably will still <laughs> They're listen like, oh, it. I don't. <sighs> yeah, that's... that's I, I, I Like I said, I listened to it last night, and it was fan, fantastic, and uh, it just made me despair. Which is good, in a good way. In like, Paul raises the bar so high. I don't agree that it should only be once a month, but we'll right, see what well, he does. What, what oh, cool, it? where every week we win. Bi-weekly, he should and be bi-weekly. Out, and, we, and he was supposed to come out before, and then he got busy, and we beat him to the punch. There you go. We've been out longer. It's about the little victories. So yep. He sucks so bad. Um. <laughs> but Paul's like 60. I mean, that's like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Paul's like, six, Paul's like six months older than me. <laughs> no, he's like 20 years older. I'm just kidding. I'm just trying to start rumors that he's lying about his age. There's the picture of Paul F. Tompkins in the attic somewhere all aged and decrepit. <laughs> the picture of Dorian Gray. Um, wow, so this has been fan- fantastic. I was going to say fan-fucking-tastic, but I ate the baby in the other room, and I'm really trying not to swear. Um, Good. <laughs> she she. Oh, she can. Oh, Definitely say goddamn. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, I yeah. Uh, I don't know if I want to raise my baby even cursing the name of, of a non-existent god. <laughs> um, Let her make that decision. If she yeah. wants to curse the non-existent god, okay, not the god, not the existent yeah, yeah, yeah. part. I, I hope to raise her. I hope to raise her as a skeptic. If she wants to come to belief. After just tape every episode of uh, Penn and Teller's bullshit. bullshit. I'm just kidding. I can't stand that guy. Really? I just don't like him. I don't he's, mind the show. He's he's he's, he's his insufferable. Pers- his, his persona is very much insufferable. I've I met him a number of times and it seems like I just think it's interesting that his arguments are like Walmart's fine, organic food that's dumb. Like, he doesn't come off as a skeptic to me. He comes off as a blowhard. Skeptic, I don't mind. That's the whole, to me, but that's the but, whole. He's a libertarian. Yeah. Anyway, let's let's wrap this up because yep. uh, we gotta go. Uh, wow! Jen, Thank you so this, much for coming. Thanks for having me. This is this has been great. Um, uh, I've, I've said this every single time. Every show has gotten better, and this is no exception. Um, uh, it's been an absolute joy to have you. Thank um, you. It's uh, been a joy to be. We'll see you around town. Yes. Sure. Uh, well, thank you again. Um, thanks, thanks, thanks. Uh, the, this has been the Shaky Town Radio. I am uh, Gene George. I'm Brody Foster Hubbard. Oh, I'm Jen Kirkman, and I. Won't block you. <laughs> See, that's See? not hard. That was good. Unless you're a dick. Unless you're totally Unless you are a pen and teller. Young ones grown and the rocks below say, throw your skinny body down, son. But I'm going to meet the one I love. So please don't stand in my way. Because I'm going to meet the one Okay. Want to do another one for safety? Sure.
coming up. We talk about cemeteries and get a visit from the ghost of Rodney Dangerfield. How'd we get that booking? We talk about golf courses. They're not just for elitist assholes, apparently. We talk about the body. We talk about the Buddy Holly story. And I get to say buildings Roman again. I'm sorry. I'm just so pleased <laughs> with myself. I think we're good. I get to say buildings Roman again. <laughs> God damn it. You're good. And I get to say buildings Roman again. When we talk to pretty lady female comic Jen Kirkman. Who shares her thoughts on stand-up comedy classes, going from mocking Kardashians to writing sitcoms, and the allure of Tyra Banks' forehead. That's not a forehead. That's a five-head. So tune in to find out how long it's going to take Jen Kirkman to... So tune in to find out how long it's going to take Jen Kirkman to block us on Twitter. On the Shaky Town Radio Hour. Now give me some Rodney. Oh, I tell you, I got no respect, Brody. Huh. I come in here, I, I come in here, I want to sit down, I want to have a... And you keep having these microphone problems, I can't work under these conditions. I tell you. Huh. Huh. Hey, Rodney, have you listened to many of our podcasts? Oh, I, you know, I, I don't get on the computer much anymore. I, I'm busy in the cemetery trying to have a three-way with Marilyn Monroe. Huh. Huh. I get no respect from her. Wait, okay, three-way, you, Marilyn Monroe, who's the third? Oh, you, you, you caught me on that. <laughs> to Phil, I was going to say Phyllis Diller. <laughs> but she's not dead yet. I'll give it time. Not much time. No, unfortunately not. God. <laughs> so let's see who else is at your cemetery, Rodney. Good. You yeah, can tell thanks. me how you're getting along with them. So you are at the... Westwood Memorial. You're at the Westwood Village Memorial Park Cemetery? It sounds like a trailer park. <laughs> I tell you. So Jim Backus, uh, Jim Backus, that he was a uh, Mr. Magoo. <laughs> yeah, I know him from Gilligan's Island. How do you get along with him? Oh, Jim's all right. I tell you. <laughs> God damn it, Rudy! Uh, you keep making me do this, and I don't like it. <laughs> what about Bob Crane from oh, hey. Hogan's Heroes? Yeah, Bob Crane's there. Really? Yeah. Uh, Bob Crane keeps wanting to film us. Uh, I tell you, he's a bit of a pervert. Uh, 